Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's special episode of Punches and Punchlines. No action to break down, but we do have a special guest joining us this uh, week, Franco. We got my good friend and one of my favorite comedians on planet Earth, uh, Mike Toomey, joining us. So this should be fun. Yeah, for anybody not familiar, Mike is a stand-up comedian with Fritz, much better than Fritz. I've seen without a doubt. I've seen both of them. <laughs> and no, 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 no. Blows Fritz out of the water. It's no, 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 no. <laughs> But also, you can catch him on uh, WGN. Uh, you know, recently my cousin was on there, and I was hoping that they would end up crossing paths. My cousin was on there carving up pumpkins uh, oh, for was. being on the Food Network, and I was like, "Oh my god, if he ends up meeting Mike, this is going to be awesome because then he's <laughs> going to be on in a little bit." And then they did not cross paths. But oh, I'm yeah, sorry you can, I missed him. <laughs> you can catch Mike in all sorts of wonderful places. Mike, you touring or doing anything new right now? Uh, not really. I'm just trying to stay. I'm just staying busy, you know, Monday through Friday doing the show and uh, a lot less stand up than yeah, I used to do. I don't know when we'll get this out, but you got that Christmas special coming up. Uh, yes. I have yet to make it to one, but if it's anything like TV and me and the other shows that I've been to, it's going to be a joy. So if anybody's going to hear this in time to make it to the Christmas special, check it out. Uh, I wouldn't say that it is very much like TV and me because I have the screen and I have video and I have impersonations but it's all christmas focused and awesome. this, this particular nice. show is zany's sunday or yeah, december yeah. 3rd and uh, it's just me I, and a lot of these shows i have a cast you know some people who do some music some comedy this yeah. one's all me it's a one-man christmas blowout nice yeah because i've seen tv and me a couple times you know i think i saw it at st charles i saw it out in skokie and i think i saw it out in naperville and it was absolutely a, a a joy from start oh, to finish so thank you so yeah if for anybody that's uh ever heard me talk about comedy they've heard me mention mike Toomey. he is <laughs> uh absolutely just a fantastic stand-up comic but also i found out from chit-chatting with him in the green room was a fan of boxing up until about the larry holmes point is what you that's kind of when i and there's a couple reasons for that uh one was that's when i really started hitting it hard in the comedy uh scene like I was a teenager when I started doing comedy and I was primetime sports, primetime TV. I saw a lot less of that, you right. know, because yeah. I was out working uh, Joe's shithole on uh, Harlem <laughs> and whatever you call it. Oh, who but, books that? Because I uh, still need to get in. <laughs> that's, that's the best answer, no matter what, no matter how bad a bit a bit a club sounds. Oh, it was the worst night of my life. Oh, they, they were throwing shit at me. About, oh, really? Oh, it's terrible. Who books that? <laughs> so, so really, that's kind of why that and, and you know, a lot of primetime television, too, for me, just kind of fell off at that point. But I was also, uh, it, it killed me. Uh, nothing against Larry Holmes, but when he fought Ali that one last time, mm-hmm. and when Ali should not have been in the ring anymore, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And he just made him look bad. He just robo-doped the whole fight. and. It was so sad to watch, you know. Yeah. Just, I'm like, okay, I'm out. That was yeah. the guy. It's like you're watching your hero just get beat up. You're like, That's oh, exactly what need, it was. Did you, did you need the paycheck that bad? Like, you fought Superman. Come on. Like, right. Yeah. And that big giant comic book. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the comic books that were like, what, they were like a foot and a half big. Remember those? Yes. Yeah. yes. So what was doubt. the deal behind that? Why was, why was Superman fighting? <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if I've read that one. As big of a comic book nerd as I am, I have the poster in my basement yeah. because it's, it's all comic books. And as, because of the boxing fanatic that I am, I'm like, I have to own this one. Of course you do. And then, uh, of course, I had to buy two figures. It's the Batman, uh, the Adam West Batman uh, in boxing shorts and boxing gloves oh. and uh, Riddler. <laughs> Fighting uh, the Riddler. <laughs> in boxing shorts and boxing gloves. So, yeah, those are hanging up in my basement because uh, I'm a grown child that has to yes. collect toys. <laughs> you got to applaud the Riddler for getting in the ring with him, you know? Without a doubt. <laughs> Take some balls, right? Yeah. Because I don't think, you, the... and if you see that costume without the trunks, <laughs> you realize you know yeah. he had them. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think the Riddler had any formal training. You know, like uh-huh. I, I know Batman was trained by Raza Ghoul, but uh, yes, I, I don't think Bat, you know, Riddler had anything. Right. Well, and obviously there weren't weight classes, so I don't think it was even a sanctioned <laughs> fight. I don't think uh, that no, could have been he, legal he had, at all. He had a good 30, 40 pounds on him. Yeah, yeah. it's like old school UFC where you just have like a four hundred pound guy. Going up against a sixty-pound guy, and it's totally right. legal. It's okay. <laughs> oh man, I love how this is already kicked off. But we um, do have to. We do have to get that comic book now. Now I'm super intrigued. Yeah, because like, how did there's, you fight him? There's like trivia about it too. Like, if you can name all the people in the audience, like Bruce Wayne is in the audience. That's just an example. There's dozens of people from the era. Sure. Uh, all in the audience, you know, political figures, sports stars. It's they really took their time and made sure that they included almost everybody in there. Yeah. I think Joe Namath is in there. Like, Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at it, you go, okay, if they're, if they're really going to fight, something weird had to have happened. There had to be some sort of parallel universe. Like the big ones, they did a crossover. Remember a DC uh, Marvel crossover yes. where Superman fought Spider-Man. And you're like, okay, Spider-Man's awesome. But mm-hmm. he's not going to beat Superman. But then he got some extra power in the book, in the story. Uh, some extra, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something extra that made him closer to being an equal. He had kryptonite webs or something in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll which, do it by the time. way, which by the way is the name of my band, <laughs> Kryptonite Webs. <laughs> we're very good. We're, we're sort of avant-garde, but uh, oh, a little punk. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, webs. I can't I can't wait to see those guys. Uh will they be on next year's Christmas special? I'm yeah, I'm like I'm the family is the webs, so I'm technically I'm not a web. <laughs> All right. But they made me like an honorary web of the Christmas right. webs. Right. So yeah, next year for sure. Perfect. Oh no, I just read the very beginning of the summary for the Superman versus Ali thing. Because okay. in my head already after watching the trilogy, I was like, the fight makes sense. It's basically Superman. <laughs> Is Joe Frazier, you know, like <laughs> Ali had just come back from protesting the war. And so a lot of people weren't really a big fan of Ali. So Superman obviously represents America. And, you know, <laughs> like in my head, that's what. But the first line on the Wikipedia says, following a tip, Jimmy Olsen leads his friend Clark Kent, secretly Superman, and Lois Lane into a ghetto district of Metropolis for an exclusive interview with Muhammad Ali. That's horrible. Like, what a yeah. terrible... Oh, yeah. We're going to go into the ghetto and find Muhammad Ali. When he was here, wasn't he in, like, Kenwood or Hyde Park or something? Like, he lived somewhere really nice. Yeah, yeah. he did. He Without did. a doubt. But that wouldn't that wouldn't fly over at D.C. at that, that time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, 
Well, I'm going to get my hands on that. And we're yeah. going to uh, come back and talk about this again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of, of that trilogy. So uh, full disclosure, I was born after the oh, fights, oh. but I was talking with my mom and my aunts. Like I had watched them before. And, you know, there's documentaries on HBO about the thrill in Manila and all this stuff. But the thing that I feel like I didn't really understand from all of that stuff was all of the hype around these fights. Like my my mom and her sisters, they were all in high school and they didn't really care about boxing, but they remember when that happened. It was like a moment in time where that's all everybody was talking about. Now, is is that how it was? Like, what do you yes. remember about the stuff outside of the ring and everything well, leading up to it? Those guys transcended the sport. They were they were heroes and those fights were events. Now, I mean, you guys follow the sport more closely, but to the average guy, there's like, oh, there's a heavyweight fight. Oh, okay, who is it? You know, yeah. most yeah. people couldn't tell you who the heavyweight champion is currently. Back then, we knew not only who the champ was, but who the top contenders were. There were always guys in line to fight Ali Frazier or Foreman. You had your Ken Nortons and your uh, Jerry Cooney's and Chuck Wepner's and mm -hmm. guys like that. And there were always heavyweight fights. The Wepner fights were usually on the the week nights like that, <laughs> you know, like a Wednesday night or something. But uh, Ali Frazier, Ali Foreman, those were Friday or Saturday night fights. Yeah. But we knew who those guys were. It was almost like, you know, not to the point of like baseball or football where you had collector cards and you would trade them. But we knew all those other guys in the scene who were waiting to get, you know, who were waiting to get a, a shot at the at the champ. Yeah. There is uh, boxing cards and stuff like that, by the way. It's not quite as uh, prevalent, but yeah. I'll see people post online like, oh, here's my Ali rookie card or you no, know, no stuff kidding. like that, where I'm like, no kidding. I'm like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's definitely not something you can get uh, at the 7-Eleven like we used to get when we were kids yeah. getting the, uh, the tops of the Fleer baseball cards, but they're out there somewhere. I've yeah, yet to come across a pack, but I'll get some someday. It's Maybe when I pick up that card set, you know. Exactly, yeah. right. You get like nine guys. But yeah, that first fight, Ali, I loved that first one. Ali Frazier won. Where not to skip any of the beginning because that was wonderful too. The fact that it was fifteen rounds is incredible because now yeah. everybody's running out of gas after nine. A title fights are still are twelve rounds now, but this was fifteen. And in that final round, uh, Frazier lands a left that knocked down Ali, mm -hmm. but it would have knocked out almost anybody else I can think of. Like, it would have killed me. The, it, it landed so square, <laughs> yeah. and it was, I think, from what I'm told, it, that broke his jaw. Well, I know Ken Norton broke his jaw. Oh, okay, Ken Norton broke his jaw. That's... Yeah, and one that was like a big shocker, but Norton was a great fighter. He just happened to be in the era of all those other guys, you know. Right. But he kind of got him with a with a uh, quick shot to the jaw, broke his jaw. Yeah. Now was Ernie Shavers before Ali, or he was during after. that after that time? Yeah. Okay. Shaved head, yeah. Ernie Shavers guy. Yeah, because yeah. all I'd heard about him was not really light on his feet, but if he landed a shot, you right. weren't going to wake up from it. So Maybe more like the guy that Clubber Lang was uh, based oh, off of. As okay. a fighter, not necessarily personality, but as a fighter. Okay, duly noted. So yeah, I absolutely love that trilogy. I'm, I know I keep bouncing around, but just watching Ali and Frazier do it those three times, the third one was almost kind of a letdown watching it because I'm just watching them back to back to back. Okay, but I didn't realize there was that big of a 
time span between the second and third fight. So mm. after I realized that, that there was a couple of years that went in between them, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, that makes sense. Both of them have lost a little bit of a step. At the first one, they were at the top of their game. You can understand why that's th the best of the of the three because it was it was close. I wasn't mad that they announced Frazier as the winner, but I also wouldn't have been stunned if they announced that Ali was the winner of that right. one. It was just so close. It was right. you know like a joy uh, watching those fifteen rounds. And all of those guys were fun to watch because Ali held them to a higher standard out of the ring as far as like personality goes. I mean, there was no bigger personality, not just in that sport, in any sport. Right. Okay. And and if if there was no Ali, you would never have seen the wacky, funny George Foreman that you see today or the, right. the dancing and singing uh Joe Frazier. They were just gonna be they were content to just be kind of boxers with no real personality about them. You know, do you remember they were just kind of dull guys, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of him they said, well, we got to, uh, we, we're showmen. We're not just fighters. You know, we're, we're entertainers. Yeah. If you want to sell tickets and you want to sell pay-per-view, you got to add a little extra, you know, yeah. there, you'll bring in the, the casual people. Like, I don't know if there was a boxer now that had that same kind of charisma, it would be water cooler talk. And it's not, it's guys like me and Franco and our, <laughs> our dozens of punchomaniacs that tune in and listen to us. Uh, I still love it, but I can also see why people would kind of lose their way from it. Sure, yeah. but it's so asking a lot to say, if there were, if there was a boxer with that kind of personality, you know, it's kind of right. like saying, if there was another basketball player who had Michael Jordan's talent, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Ali was the whole package. There were a lot of people that hated him because he was so confident and so cocky and right. they would tune in because they wanted him to lose. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I remember when, when I was in high school, when Leon Spinks beat him and that was just so disappointing to me and so jarring that I didn't see it coming. It was, right. It was equally as, uh, uh, as much of an upset as Buster Douglas. You know what I mean? It was okay. that kind of a, that kind of an upset. Right. But then, you know, in, in, like a movie, he went back into the gym and got better and won the rematch. Which, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's definitely a thing where, like, over time, people have changed how they thought about all of it. You know, whether it be Ali as being the greatest, now people say it just, you know, without thinking about it. But if you were to go back in time, people were really arguing, you know, about who really was the greatest. And that's what made the setup to the trilogy great was that it's two dudes that were completely different. Mm -hmm. In every which way, how they fought, their style, their political beliefs, their everything, their polar opposites. And so people were torn, but people act now like, you know, oh, no, obviously Muhammad Ali was the greatest. And it's like, you know, there were arguments about this. And then aside from that, you go through this trilogy and I watched it the same way Fritz did, where it was just one right after the other. And all of the goofy stuff, whether it was the jawing in the ring or the the nonsense before the fights with people getting into fights at at talk shows and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But now when you read like Instagram comments or on Twitter and people are talking about current athletes and they're like, this guy's such a clown back in the day, they would have mm -hmm. cleaned his clock. And it's like, no, they were assholes back then too. Like they, were, <laughs> they spent so much of the, both guys spent so much of the fight just talking shit to each other. And that third fight, Muhammad Ali supposedly was like reciting poetry to him and making fun of him. Like it was a rap battle <laughs> in the middle of an amazing fight in like, what was it? Like thousand degree weather in the Philippines yeah. that day. Oh yeah. My God, yeah. 
it's great. But, you know, over time, people, you know, rose colored glasses and all of a sudden they start thinking, no, it was so much better back then. And it's like, nah, there, there were assholes back then do, and they were doing goofy stuff and getting into fights. But speaking, yeah. speaking of the jawing at each other, I loved it was either the first or the second Ali Frazier fight where the ref yelled at him to stop talking. I always love yeah. when the ref yells at it. It's like, you can punch him in the face, but do not right. talk to him. You know, please. Like, please. Tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> stop <laughs> it. Use your fists. Don't use we, your We've words. heard all your stories already. <laughs> You'll have a new one when this fight's over. Yeah. <laughs> now, when uh, Ali came back, were people like, oh, great, he's back? Or were only some people like, oh, great, he's back. Were some people like, oh, forget it, he's a draft dodger, stuff like that. Right. It depends on which side of the line you were on. You uh-huh. know, if you were just a straight fan of the sport, you were you you needed him to come back, you know. Right. But if you were very staunch in your political, pro-military kind of thing, then you didn't want him coming back. But the, one of the best comedic bits ever is the Carlin bit about Ali. You know that bit, right? I refresh my memory. I'll try to, excuse me, I'll try to do it the best way I remember it. He said uh, it was just so well-worded. He said, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali didn't want, to, didn't want to go to war, so they wouldn't let him fight. He said, <laughs> I don't want to kill people. I just want to beat them up. They said, well, we won't let you beat them up if you don't kill them. <laughs> oh, well put. Which is so brilliantly worded, and that's yeah, exactly right. what it was. <laughs> oh, that falls in line with the... Uh, you can, you can punch him all you want. Just don't talk to him. That's what I mean. That's what it reminds me. Yelling, you know. Yeah, right. but uh, you know the other. I, I don't want to shift gears on you too quickly, but no, in please. that window of time, what I really enjoyed too, and this is going to be too old for you guys, but uh, the 1976 Olympics featured some of the best boxers that ever came out of the United States. Like that was Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay, won a gold medal. There was a guy named Howard Davis. There was another guy named Charles Mooney. I think they won three gold medals in 70. I mean, I didn't do my homework about right. this. Right, no. But they were just all fun and, and great. And four years before that, a guy named Tate was the heavyweight for the United States. And he got his <laughs> clock cleaned by that guy, Stevenson, who was the Cuban. Right. Uh, Cuban heavyweight who just was in the Olympics every year. And just, <laughs> just destroy everyone. Right. Up until recently, most guys couldn't even leave Cuba to turn pro. You know, like that's even happening now where there'll be Cuban boxers come over and start their pro career at 40. You know, it's mm. like, oh, you yeah. poor bastard. Well, it's kind of like the baseball guys too, you know. Yeah. They, the, they, they signed this 22-year-old Cuban guy. You mean 32-year-old Cuban <laughs> yeah, guy? Exactly. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, I wish I had that in front of me, and I don't know if it's easy to check. but those, Yeah, I got it. Olympic boxers in 76. Do you have in front of you? Yeah, it was uh, Leon Spinks. Leon Spinks as well. And Michael Spinks. Michael Spinks. Yes. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Howard Davis, and Leo Randolph were all gold medalists for the United States. Isn't wow. that crazy? That yeah. Charles Mooney was a U.S. Marine at the time. Um, does it say what he took? Did he get any uh, Charles Mooney? Yes, he took uh, silver in the bantamweight and uh, John Tate took bronze for the heavyweights. For the heavyweight, yeah. So that was his second year in the Olympics. <laughs> the heavyweights given another shot after Stevenson, Teofilo Stevenson, I think was his name, but he yeah. Okay. Yeah. just destroyed them. So, yeah, I mean, that was quite a uh, roster of fighters. Yeah. 
it's like a, a dream team kind of deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, All-star team, get, yeah. Yeah, to get that many gold medals. And yeah, that's pretty incredible. And I think like uh, if one of those guys won and you, you scratched off your ticket at McDonald's, you could get a free like cheeseburger or something. So, <laughs> so you really had a vested interest in yeah. this. I remember that in 84, getting all those McDonald's cards. And then all the cards came out, and then like two countries pulled out of the Olympics. So the U.S. won like everything that year in uh, L.A. How many pounds did you gain? (laughs) (laughs) Before the Olympic Games, where everybody trains so hard to be a part of the Olympic Games, they're giving away like fat burgers. (laughs) I think uh, fat burgers are opening up for kryptonite webs, aren't they? Uh, I believe they are. <laughs> oh, right, nice. was, yes, because believe it or not, that's where the web boys and I used to go <laughs> after band practice. We would go to fat burgers <laughs> before they closed it, right? Or Kanye West uh, closed it, <laughs> and yeah, it's all full circle. Yeah, it's, we're a good yeah. band. without a doubt in fact the whole town is talking about the web boys (laughs) oh geez (laughs) the whole town that's gonna make a lot of sense uh (laughs) jim flanagan's out there laughing right now because he definitely got that for sure and uh yeah um franco did you have anything uh anything else i don't go through i know i didn't want to uh forget and just fanboy because i'm talking to mike toomey no, I I was going to ask did Mike ever come across or or come close to coming across Muhammad Ali because my mom had a great story where she was working at Marshall Fields in the betting department. Ali came in with his entourage and his girlfriend, not his wife, but he had his side chick and he was buying betting for the girlfriend and so my mom was told to pretend like this is normal and nothing's going on. And uh, she didn't. Instead, she like fangirled and asked for his autograph and was like, my brother-in-law is a huge fan. And he like signed the receipt paper or something. And so that's like her big Muhammad Ali moment that she loves talking about. But I'm I'm like, well, you know, if he was putzing around Chicago, how many people were crossing paths with him? But but I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, that was one one that I never got to uh, got to do as many as I have been able to. That was one that I never got to. You know what? Uh, one of the guys we did get to meet, and we had him on the show, was a guy named Bobby Hits, a boxer. Oh, sure. Went, you know, I went to high school with him. What? You did? He and I went to the same high school. He was a year year or two ahead of me. Okay, no kidding. Um, yeah, he promotes local uh, boxing shows out in Rosemont. You know, we he had him on. Foreman. He fought Foreman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had him on, and he chatted about it. He's like, yeah, it, he had a good joke, and I'll give him credit if anybody tells him uh, that we're talking about him again. Um, he's like, yeah, I had George uh, really scared in that fight. Uh, he thought he killed me. And <laughs> <laughs> that is like, a good yeah, joke. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> joke. So, But, yeah, Foreman, it's so funny to see some of his, like, career highlights, and then it's like, oh, that's the grill guy. Where he's like, well, no, he was yeah. an incredible boxer before he, he started honking grills or making 14 kids named George. He was <laughs> just an incredible boxer. Yeah. When I remember, it, uh, I kind of first started paying attention more closely when it was Michael Moore versus George Foreman. And Michael Moore had just beat Evander Holyfield. I was like, there's no way this 41-year-old guy is going to be the heavyweight champion. And then he just destroyed this young kid. I was like, oh, turns out if you're big and can still punch, you can mm-hmm. you can still make it. So right. I don't know if you saw that. It was, uh, I think that back then, pay-per-view was like 
1995 and we're all like what's with these prices <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember the one of the first pay-per-view was when they still had that uh, remember that box you put on your tv yes oh yeah it was uh, sports vision or on tv or whatever yes. and you could get sporting events it was I believe hearns and Hagler was was a big one. Oh yeah and also holmes and jerry cooney okay you know they promoted the hell out of that on every other station that you had to get this sports vision to be able to see that fight. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Cooney's just another one of those journeyman fighters that got to fight a lot of guys, but right. you know, I don't know what his record was. <laughs> yeah, Hearns Hagler is an absolute classic. You know, that'll be up there with the Ali versus Frazier fights. My uncles, when I was growing up, were all Tommy Hearns fans. So I, you know, by proxy was like, all right, then I love Tommy Hearns too, you know, sure. and... uh you know, maybe I'll still get a chance to meet him. Tommy's still out there, so I think uh, this has been this has been fun, Mike. I definitely appreciate you joining us. You know, for anybody, check out Mike has a dry bar. You have a dry bar comedy special too, right? Yep, I do. Check out Mike Toomey uh, on Dry Bar. It's just his standup is fantastic, and uh, you're definitely gonna love it. So check that out. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to to Mike's to join us. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, it's good to get to talk about something I don't talk about a whole lot. Yeah, this has been fun. And uh, yeah, Franco, if you don't have anything else, I'm throwing in the towel. Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Franco.